0: Welcome to the Faith Renew Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at FaithRenew.org. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and um, if you don't have a Bible, we give those out at Connect as well. We want everybody to have their own Bible, and uh, so if you need one, please stop by. We'll give that to you. Also, it'll be on the screen as well, and if you're a version Bible app user, it's a digital format on most mobile devices, you can actually go right now to a live event taking place, follow along with the notes that I've placed there. You can save that, share that. Um, it's pretty cool, man. I love again. I love the Bible. It's just so good, and uh, it changes our lives. So, First Samuel chapter seventeen. You got to say, amen. Amen. "Amen." amen. Listen, let's just pray, and then we'll jump into it. Let's pray. God, thank you, Lord, for just being in this place today. God, thank you for being a God of miracles. And Lord, we believe in you, God. Yeah, we believe in you, God, and we trust you this morning in what you're doing. So, just as you speak today, God, may our hearts be open to receive. May I disappear in my words, Lord, just fall to the back, and Lord, yours come forward into our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Do you have any fears? Mm. What's your greatest fear? And uh, as you think about that for just a second, it's wild. Now, I know you can't make a negative confession in, in church and you can't say that you're afraid of anything and cause power life and death in the tongue brother and we know that we have to speak you know I understand but but maybe those things that you don't smile about and get real happy about you know and get really excited about when they, they happen um is it the dark I know some people don't 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 like darkness um uh, maybe it's clowns that's a weird one but people freak out over it and <laughs> Yeah, that's not weird. That's 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 normal to be be afraid of clouds. I hear. Okay, Uh, I know we had a big group in in Carowinds yesterday. Uh, I actually heard some of them were. Afraid, I'm gonna say it, just they were fearful to get on a, a roller coaster and uh you know, ride that. Maybe that's your, your your struggle. Maybe it doesn't make you smile. Maybe you like my spouse, and uh you don't like bugs. And uh, oh come on. And you don't like snakes. I caught a I caught a snake last week, man. Caught a snake last week at a house, and uh it was awesome, like six foot. It was a cool snake. And um, we took that and and uh faith, our daughter was at home that day, and um and <laughs> And I called her out, and then she called out Angel, my wife. And uh, Angel opened the door, was about to walk out, and and Faith prepared her. She said, "Mama, don't freak out." And Angel's mind immediately thought something had happened to me. She said, "What's wrong? What what what's what? You know?" But she said, "It's a snake." And um and. She backed up. No, we're not snake handling church, and your pastor just don't walk around picking them up and all that kind of stuff. But, but uh, there was one in my home. It didn't need to be there in our, our yard, so we, we, we transported that away, got it away. But people have different fears. You know, you know what I'm talking about. People have uh, some of the most common life fears that are out there are things like fear of loss. Very difficult. When you, when you lose maybe someone, the fear of losing someone's hard. It's very hard, very difficult. Um, losing finances, losing control. Uh, whatever that may look like, different fears—fears fears of failure. Um, man, you know, what am I? Uh, what what to do, man? And, and fear of failure keeps a lot of people from ever starting and stepping out, which we'll see today. Fear of rejection—we dealt with rejection early in this series—and it's one of the things that people deal with. Fear of the unknown. Hmm, what's next for me? How many knows that for believers we don't have to fear? What's next? Come on, man. We don't have to fear that. It's not an unknown what happens when we leave this earth. We, we go into the presence of God. But fear is, is one of the things that the enemy loves to use. And we're in a series right now called Overcome, and today we're going to overcome fear. And we're going to take authority over this, and God's word works. And so it's with great expectation and trust I have in him and his word that I'm going to see and will believe that fear is going to leave this house today. But fear is one of those things that for far too long it is a thief. And it has robbed and stolen from God's people for far too long. And, and we have seen this, and it manifests itself in so many different ways. And, and we know from Scripture that it's actually a spirit. It's, there's a spirit connected to that. And he tells us in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, I know you're in 1 Samuel, but this is in your notes. But 2 Timothy chapter 1 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So again, if we have a fear in our life, if we have a spirit of fear happening, it did not come from God. And if it did not come from God, we do not want it. Come on. Amen. And I don't want anything that did not come from him. And so fear is is, is actually by definition, it's timidity, fearfulness, cowardice, and it actually changes our life when we allow that to come in. And fear has been accomplishing things for far too long in God's people's lives. It's been doing what it's set forth to do. And we need to understand that fear will do this. Fear will disappear when we step deeper into God's love. I love it. And, and a lot of times we think that, you know, like the opposite of, of you know, fear is faith, that we have more faith, and faith is beautiful, it's important, and it's so, so powerful that we operate in faith. But you know what really the opposite of, that idea of, of fear is? It's love. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And so as we honor the Lord, as we step into and get a greater revelation of God's love, we will begin to see fear lose its grip on our life, man. And, it, and it's, it's so beautiful when we see this take place. And so I want this morning to, to look at a story of Scripture. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. You should be there. And um, I, I want today to read a story probably familiar if you've been in church, uh, been around church, you've heard this story, and, and, and you know about this guy named David. And so many stories of Scripture that we can look at when it comes overcoming fear, but this is one I feel like God highlighted for several reasons that we'll look at in a second. But 1 Samuel chapter 17 is, is, is where we're seeing a battle taking place between the Philistines and between the children of Israel. Again, God's people, the enemy at war. And uh, we, in this time frame in which they were fighting, one of the ways in which they were fighting is this. They would find themselves upon a mountainside, the children of Israel on one mountainside, the Philistines on another mountainside, and they would send out a warrior, a representative for their people. Now, this is what would take place. This guy would come out, and he would begin to spout off and shout and say things. Now, we see in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to pick up in verse 4, and it says that if a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath, from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span probably about nine feet, nine inches tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, now listen to what he speaks. Why have you come out to the lineup for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. And if he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Which is what servants do. <laughs> Maybe Goliath wasn't the greatest speaker or something. I don't know. You know, hey, you'll be our servants and you'll serve us. That's what servants do. But and the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that he may fight, that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed. And say these two words with me: greatly afraid. Wow. So I want to look at the story, but before we look at David, I want to look at the other people in the story that often get overlooked, and I don't want us to see what fear will do. Now, I want to give you this morning, I, I know operating threes a lot, but I'm, I'm about to mess with you. I, I, want, I want to give you six things this morning. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I want to give you six. Thank you, my brother. I want to give you six this morning. Somebody all like, Pastor, I don't know if you can do that, man, and get me to lunch on time. We're going to make it happen. So so we're gonna, we, I believe in the God of miracles. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I believe in you. I believe in you. It's going to happen. But I want to do it this way and in this light. I want to give you three things fear will do, three things fear that God's called us to do to overcome it. Hmm, so we'll make it happen. We'll get there. So we'll move, we'll move quickly. We'll make sure we get this in. Number one is this. Fear will keep you on the sideline. Come on. Fear will keep you on the sideline so uh, this story is wild because here is is we see now the men of Israel had gathered for battle on the mountain on the other side of the mountain was the enemy and in the battlefield in the center in the valley of which this was supposed to take place they were fearful they were greatly afraid the Bible says and they're over there shivering and hiding on the sideline and because there was a nine foot nine- inch giant his armor is probably set most people will say theologians say this about 126 pounds worth of armor on his body, and uh, like he was carrying around like some of you as his armor, amen, you know, and some of you like saying, I wish I weighed 126 pounds, <laughs> you know, maybe that's your, that's your, maybe that's your prayer request this morning, come on, but, but whatever that is, but he, he had this coat of armor on, and this is a the deal, there was a battle to be won in the valley, and they were on the sidelines what the enemy will do to you. It's what fear will do to you. It will take you off the battlefield. It will remove you from your purpose. It will remove you from the plan of God that he has for your life and cause you to sit back and watch and be fearful when the enemy steps out in front of you and continually speaks forth lies about you, lies about your God, lies about your situation, and he'll keep you on the sideline as long as you allow fear to operate in your life. He loves working in this light. He does it today, and it's not just in the battle situations. You know, sometimes it may be like where it is just where it's supposed to be a part of the game, man, part of having a good time, where there's a ball field happening or there's a game taking place, when you're supposed to be having a good time, building relationships with people, making friendships, doing things, again, not just outside of battle, but where you're supposed to be building and stepping forward and moving into things, and you're on the sidelines, It's what fear will do, and it's what he loves to do. And we see this happen here. The enemy loves to work. He loves to use fear to keep you out or away from your purpose, and he does it well. He'll keep you on the sideline. Tell your neighbor, said, man, fear will keep you on the sideline. Come on, tell him, say, get on the field. Get on the field, man. Come on. Yes. Amen. Come on. Fear will keep you on the sideline. What are you doing there? What happens there? Number two is this. Fear will defeat you. Come on, fear will defeat you. As long as you're on the sideline, you'll never win. Come on, on. as long as you're out and the battle's taking place there, you will always be defeated. As long as you're setting back and missing out, you'll never step into your purposes. So here it is, this enemy was using fear. He was using intimidation and he was causing them to do this, to already settle in their mind that they could not win. They'd already made it up. They'd already had settled. They'd already got it in their mind because of what fear was doing, keeping them on the sideline and keeping them defeated. Listen, God didn't call his people to lose. Come on. God did not call his people to to, to, to fail. He called us to be victorious. He called us to to walk into a level of love that fear has no place in our life. And so he's called us into this area. And so this happens when we see this, that I refuse to let fear defeat me any longer. Come on, I refuse to let it. There are giftings in this room. There are callings in this house. And listen, some of you are allowing fear to keep you in a seat. And he's allowing the fear to keep you away from the plan. Listen, get on the field. Get off the sideline. Get in. And go ahead and set it up in your mind going in. I'm going to win. Come on, I'm going to win this thing. It just, I, I will not lose. We can't lose. I love it. We, we do on our fifth Sunday. It's next Sunday. Come on. Next Sunday is Fifth Sunday Fellowship. It's a great time. Anytime this falls, there's a fifth Sunday of a month. About once a quarter, this happens. We have a time of fellowship, and it's a great time. It's build relationships, get to know one another. It's very cool. I invite you out. Just you know, it's a good time. And uh, one of the things that we do a lot of times is like, we play games. You know, we play games. You'll see cornhole happening out in the parking lot. You'll you'll see people, man, gather around a table. You know, and, and they're playing card games, playing spades and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've learned something, man. I, I've just learned that I'm, I'm going to stay where God's given me giftings at. You know what I do? I, I don't step out onto the cornful, cornfield, uh, cornhole field. I can't even say the word. That's why I don't play it. I don't, I don't play cornhole. You know what happens? When I play cornhole. People get hurt. Me, a lot of times, or, or somebody else. That, that's not my gift and so I stay away from those things. But you know what? You know what you can find me? You can find me around a card table. Oh yeah, come on. Somebody, come on. Not cheating. Somebody say cheating. Come on, somebody say I heard that. You in God's house, but you need to come to this altar, Greg, right now. Come on. Adam, can we get some just as I am? Come and then let Greg come to the altar. Come on, somebody. But but you know you know how I play cards? Expecting to win. Come on, that's how I sit down at a table, and most of the time, I go, most of the time, Lord knows my heart. I do, and, 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 and I step into that. Listen, you need to go ahead and settle. I'm not losing. I'm not, I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to win this thing, and you step in with that mindset again. Get away from the defeat mindset. Let's keep seeing, we'll find, uh, reading, and we'll find out the third one. Verse 20 of 17 says this. So David rose early in the morning. Now David was at home, he was a shepherd in Bethlehem, he was taking care of the sheep, he was, he was there, and, and, and his dad had sent him out to take food to his brothers who were part of his army who was scared and afraid and on the sidelines. It says, so David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army, and David left his supply in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Little brother, coming up. You know, then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. That's how the enemy works, man. He'll continually come at you with some of the same words. Stuff The same lies, the same threats, and he's doing it again. So David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Come on, man. Freedom from the IRS. Come on. That's reason to get on the battlefield right there, son, and step out, man. Come on. Verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Come on, man. Do you see that he automatically knows? This guy's not in covenant with God. Right? Who, you, are you kidding me? I mean, he doesn't have what we have. He doesn't have who we have. He recognized it immediately. And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So it shall be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. What? And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Third and final thing that fear will do is this. Fear will make you critical of others. Fear will make you critical of others. You find these guys sitting on the sideline in fear, understanding that, man, they were already defeated within their mind, and now here they are doing this. They're not in a position now because of their mindset to celebrate what someone else is called to do. Man, and and it's it's amazing now. Because they're critical, because fear had paralyzed them, they wanted to see others fall as well. They wanted to see others fail because, listen, if we can't do it, man, we don't want somebody else to do it. If we don't want if we, we, when we get this mindset and when we understand this, man, what they should have been doing is we finally got somebody to lead this thing. We're going in. We finally got somebody ready to do this, man. We're going in. But this is what fear will do. It will make you critical of others. Here you are. You have an enemy talking junk about their God. And instead of getting behind someone who is ready to step forward and going after the enemy, they went after the very one who was called to defeat him. It'll make you critical of others. And, and I, I love what we're seeing God do in this house. We're seeing God raise up people and send them out to do ministry. Some he raises up and calls here to do it here. Some he causes calls calls them to do it other places. And, man, I've got a place in my life, man, where I'm just I'm celebrating it. I'm just celebrating what God's doing because here's the deal. They're a part of our army. Come on, we're all, all a part of one family. We're all a part of one army. And when you, you don't see that, what you'll do is you'll want someone else to fail. When you have a spirit of fear, it will make you critical of others. And now we see these guys in the very same situation because they were allowing fear to dominate their life. They didn't want to see David succeed. Now listen, man, this is what we can't do. We can't allow fear any longer in any way to keep us. Matter of fact, what it should do is this. We recognize, Wait a minute. They're a part of my family. We're a part of the same army, man. Let's go take out this enemy. Let's go take out this devil. Let's go take out fear. And so God's called us and put us together. And we see this, and we start celebrating the gifts in others, man. It's a beautiful thing. And when you understand love, and you understand that there's freedom from this, you'll do so as well. So again, overcome the fears. Now here's how we do it. I'm going to give you three this morning how we do this. Some of y'all, man. Pastor's building my faith right now, as quick as this thing's going. He's building my faith. I'm starting to believe in this whole God of miracle stuff. I- I'm starting to believe. Look, I, I want to give you three, and to watch what happens as we see this now, as we look at the story, as we see this begin to come together. Because some of you have heard this, and you're going like, man, wait a minute. You just shared my story. I'm on the sideline. I'm defeated. And honestly, man, I don't celebrate anybody else's gifts. And I don't want to see them stepping to it. So listen, God's going to set you free from that today. How, how do we do this? What does this look like? How do we overcome the giant of fear in our life? David shows us the number one thing is this, is that we face it. We face it. We, we face this thing. None of these guys would face Goliath. None of these guys would stand up against him. Even the guy in charge, Saul, we see it flowing down and we see this stepping in throughout the whole entire army. None of them would face him. And when you have someone stepping up ready to do so, ready to face it again, you'll see this critical spirit flow. Watch what happens. 1 Samuel 17, 33. Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth and and he a man of war from his youth. You know what he's saying? He's been killing people longer long you've been living. He, he's been taking people out. But David understood something. David wasn't going to let a man keep him from his calling. He, he wasn't going to let somebody keep him from his purpose. And, and allows this to happen. And so he steps in and his mindset ready to face this is, is beautiful. This is what we see here. Verse 37. Moreover, David said. I like this. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he would deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. You know what he said? Sit down at my card table. Come on, sit down at my, my card. Let me, let me show you what we can do here. He, he's showing him, and he understood some things because he recognized that the God that was in him was greater than the giant in front of him. He recognized that he saw and understood. Wait a minute, the one that he was looking to was greater than the one he was looking at. And so he was looking, and he had to look up to a nine-foot-nine giant. This is a teenage boy looking up to this giant, but he wasn't looking at the giant, he was looking past him, he was looking above him, he was looking far into the heavens, and he understood God, he understood who he was, and so he was focused on the size of his God, not on the size of his giant, he faced this enemy, and he didn't stop there, second thing is this, he didn't just face it, he did this, he said, I'm going to fight it, I'm going to fight it, so listen, don't just, don't do what I've seen happen on like some of these YouTube videos, um, Now, I'm not encouraging you to do this, but sometimes you see it like gets in your feed. You know, you start watching some of these fight videos on YouTube. Um, I love UFC martial arts. And sometimes I just like getting a kick out of watching people fight who ain't trained well to do so. And um, there's a lot of humor in some of those videos. And you'll see some of these guys getting up in somebody's face, but they don't want to fight. You'll see, you know what I'm talking about. That day, they, they talking junk, and the whole time they're moving backwards. You know, the whole time, that they, they they moving in different directions, their hands down by their side. They're not ready to take nobody out. They don't want to fight. But listen, we don't, we're not just supposed to face this. We're supposed to fight this and come against it. And we see how, how David does it. He does it in his giftings, and he does it in his callings, and he does it in the name of the Lord. It's not in the name of David. This is not how we fight the enemy. This is not how we do this because Saul tried to do this. He tried to put his armor on David. It didn't fit. Somebody's looking at somebody else's armor. Say, man, I wish I had that. Listen, listen. God's got something custom made, tailor fit just for you. Amen. He's got a purpose and plan just for you, and He's called you. He's called you to step out. And when we see this, and we understand, listen, we don't just face this enemy. We fight this enemy. We don't put up. We don't allow this any longer. We're not going to allow the enemy to come at me. I refuse to do this any, any longer. I love it. This is what we. This is how we see David do it. Verse uh, forty five. Let's keep reading. He says that then David said to the Philistine. You come to me with a sword, with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He wasn't coming in the name of David. He wasn't coming in the name of Jesse. He wasn't coming in the name of his his, his daddy, not his daddy on this earth. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Listen, he understood this, and he he recognized, listen, I can fight this thing, but I'm not going to do it in my own strength. I'm going to do it in Christ. I'm going to do it in him. And he recognized this is how this works. And so he does. he does In verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Come on. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Come on. Amen. Yeah. Give God praise for that. We should. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And so he does it this life. He fights. He runs toward his enemy. In verse 48 it says, And so it was when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead, so the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Listen, man, at some point you got to start running from your giant. Start running towards him. At some point, you got to fight this and face it and deal with it and don't allow this to happen. And listen, we understand and we see David doing this so well, but I love what David does. David's not fighting him on his own strength. David is fighting him in the name of the Lord. He understood something. And I, I love it. And Psalms 18 verse 2 is one of those beautiful things that we see where I think David knew this early on. He says, the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and my deliverer, my God and my strength and in him and who I trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. You know what he's saying? I don't have trust in this rock in my hand. I got trust in the rock. I got trust in him. He's my salvation. He's my source. He's my victory. And he goes in and he fights this and he quits just sitting back. He doesn't sit on the sideline. With a victory mindset, he steps onto the battlefield and goes against his enemy. And I love it. And the third and final one this morning is this. You face him, you fight him. And the third thing is this, you do this, you finish it, man. You finish this thing. Quit letting him come back. Some of you like, just like, I don't know, I've seen it like for just a moment, man. You're like, man, all right, I've had enough. I'm going in. And then something happens and you pull back. Listen, finish it. Finish it. I remember video game when I was younger. Finish him. You know, finish it, man. Y'all don't play, don't, don't watch that YouTube and don't play that game. So, you know, same thing, same disclaimer. But, but take him out. Seriously, end this thing, man. Stop this. Quit letting him keep coming back. Quit letting him come back. Verse 50 says it this way. It's what David did. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and he killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David, and therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, Come on, man. Ah, Took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. That's what happens. Listen, when we finish, when we go after, now, as the worship team comes up, I want you to understand that, listen. I have heard different things. I've studied this out, so I'm not going to preach you because I, I I want to say things that I know are true, but th- there's been discussion about why David took five stones. I I I believe again he wasn't he wasn't like worried because again he had he had, he had confidence in in the rock. Jesus. But but he understood, understood this, I believe. The the, the history was show us. And you can go on reading in second Samuel there were descendants also of giant nature. Some theologians say that he used those other stones to take out who Goliath was sent next. But the same thing applies. He didn't pull back. He faced it. He fought it. And every time he finishes it, man, and that's what we do. Now, listen, some of you this morning have gotten worried. You're like, man, I I heard this story in kids' church. I tried that, Pastor. Pastor. I tried to whole face the enemy and fight the enemy and I tried that, you know, something twenty-five years later I'm still fighting him. I'm still dealing with this thing. Listen, I want you to understand something here. And I think David got it. David was called a man after God's own heart. And this younger had some issues. I believe one of the reasons he was called that is because he understood there was something bigger going on here. And it was a greater representation because listen, there was a shepherd from Bethlehem, a good shepherd, who came. And he did this. This is a beautiful picture of the gospel for us. We've already sung about it. And it's so important that we understand it's a picture of it here. Is that we, when we see this, that there would be a representative come down who represents the army, who steps out onto the battlefield and wins victory for the whole group. That's what David did. That's what he did. And for us, listen, there's, this, there's an enemy called sin and there's an enemy called fear and there's, there's an enemy that comes down and tries to destroy our lives and it works in the same way today that we do this, that so we understand how this works. We have a representative that came down from the top, stepped into our valley and faced our enemy for us and he came against the devil himself and he defeated him and he came against and he destroyed the work of sin and everything that it brings, including fear. And he gave us that victory when he said it was finished. And for us today, listen, some of y'all have been, have been dealing with this and, keep, and, and, and fighting this. And you need to fight in the name of the Lord. You need to put your hope in him. You need, you need to step into who he is. And David wasn't going against him, and again, in his name, but in the name of God. I want you to stand, if you would, please. And I want you to understand today that fear has to go. It has no place in your life. And and the representative of the entire army of Israel who stepped in and represented that day, David, defeated the enemy. And our representative. Because of our fallen nature, because of our sin issues, because listen, just like this army, listen, we're on the sidelines in fear and in failure. He stepped out and came down. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org.